It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.06 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape in whatever way you define success. I'm here to assist in that decision. If you have questions about plants, you don't know what the name of them is, that's fine. We'll figure it out. If you're a beginning gardener and just never, ever thought you'd be doing it, but now you all of a sudden you got a plant and you got to take care of it, give me a call. I'll give you some hints on how to take care of that. If you have a problem because you're an experienced gardener, you've never seen this particular bug or blight or problem or situation before in your life, give me a call and we'll figure that out one as well. Anything about your lawn, your shrubs, your trees, critters, bugs, insects, the natural world, whatever you want to ask, all you have to do is dial 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. What have I been doing in the garden this week? Let me think. One of the things has been transplanting the nasturtium seeds that I planted back in mid-February, I guess, back in mid-February. I was uh, inspired inside. I have a little sunroom that I usually lay in, uh, have a day bed there. So I lay on the day bed and read and look out the windows in the backyard, see all the flowers and things that are going on in the backyard. But also in the sunroom, I have a um, propagation shelf, I guess you'd call it, because it has fluorescent lights, tubes that, that hang on chains so I can raise and lower the height of the tubes. And so back in mid-February, I put some uh, soil in a, in a flat and put some nasturtium seeds in there. Within mm, seven to eight days, I guess, they had sprouted and then started growing. And I was having to water them just about every other day to keep them getting too dry because underneath the lights, it's pretty hot underneath there. But the vines of the nasturtium were going, hey, let's go see what's happening right here. And so the, the vines got all tangled up with each other. And I thought, man, this is the past week. This is time to get this mess out of here. And so I went outside and untangled the vines from the nasturtiums and put them in pots, put them in a little shelf-long thing, I guess you'd call it, that I can put on top of the uh, uh, deck railing. And so I got that out of the way. And then I went over to my neighbor's house and got the amaryllis that he had gotten from me for Christmas. And it had bloomed, been gorgeous at the house. So he had a great experience with his amaryllis. And he sort of looked at me one day and said, you want this back? And I said, yeah, I want it back. I can plant it in my yard. So I took his amaryllis back, planted it in the bulb bed that I have for years worth of amaryllises. And while I was doing that, I was admiring some other amaryllis, which you may have seen driving around Atlanta, driving around Metro Atlanta, too. I've seen patches of what is called Johnson's hardy amaryllis. It's one that just hardly ever freezes, hardly ever freezes. It's a bright red with a white vein down the middle of each petal, if that makes any sense. It's a very big red trumpet with a little white vein going down the center of each petal of the trumpet. I uh, saw a little patch of them at Wayuka Baptist Church when I went to speak there last week. There was a one of my friends on Facebook 
showed a mound of them, just gorgeous, a mound of them that adorned the graveyard he has for his beloved dogs. And he posted it on website, on Facebook, and said, this is a, what looks so pretty right here, but this is where my, my canine friends were buried there. So Johnson's Hardy Amaryllis. I had the good big patch of that next to the street. They look great. They look red. They look awesome. That was wonderful. The daylilies now have started blooming, so I've Having to remember which ones are which. There's one called Cherry Cheeks, and there's Decatur Red, and there's two or three others that I have in the yard that I'm admiring right now. <sighs> and I watered a little bit, too, reminding everyone that we are. We are in watering restriction now, time. This very day, this very hour, this very minute, watering is restricted. It has been for a month and a half, I guess. But the main thing that is important to remember is Lake Lanier has not filled up. And here it is, May, and pretty soon it'll be June, then it'll be July, August, September. What are we going to do? But Lake Lanier is about 8 feet, 10 feet maybe below full pool. Going into summertime, when Atlanta demands water for drinking water, for emergency uses, for things that we can't deny the water being used for, that means that those of us who have um, other uses that we don't have to do, like doing um, um, fundraising car washes. Those are forbidden right now. If you have a high school group or somebody that you want to do a fundraiser that's a car wash, sorry, but you can't do it. If you have a fountain or some ornamental water feature in your yard, you're supposed to turn it off now because they do use water. If you, uh, let's say, have a established landscape and you want to water it, an established landscape can only be watered two days a week, depending on whether you're Day is uh, Tuesday, Thursday, or on uh, Wednesday, Saturday, I believe it is. If you look online at georgiadrought.com to get those details of what that is. But the good news is, anything that's planted, newly planted right now, shrubs, trees, vegetables, flowers, anything like that, all of those can be watered anytime, no restrictions, it doesn't matter, within 30 days, for 30 days after planting. If you have a new sod lawn, you water it for 30 days after planting. But after the 30 days goes down, then you have to go to the once or twice a week. And you can keep a lawn alive, I'm pretty sure, using even the twice a week watering schedule. If you have a question about watering, again, 404-872-0750. And we go to the phone. First in line is Ben down in Grayson, Georgia. Hey, Ben, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? You sound I've like you've been up, up for a while, Ben. This morning, waiting to call this show. Since when? Two o'clock this morning. Ben, Ben, Ben. Man, uh, I was not awake at two o'clock. I'll tell you that right this minute. Well, I, I didn't expect, but I, I wanted to talk to you really badly about uh, varieties of fig trees. Sure. I've got the brown turkey and the celeste, yeah. and I've got uh, how to propagate figs from Texas A&M Extension Service. Yeah. And uh, so I'm in the midst of doing that, taking cuttings and layering, layering, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the one that I was really interested in is the uh, Peter's honey fig. Do you happen to have one of those? I do not. And well, let me tell you where you can get it. Where you get it from? I called and left a message with the president of Pike's Nursery. Uh And the next thing I knew, I had an email from uh, Mark, the buyer of trees and shrubs at Pike Nursery. Uh, 
he's ordering 24 five-gallon plants from Monrovia in California. Wow. be about 10 days before they get here. I've got my name on two of those. <laughs> he said he would allow, uh, allocate them to the various pikes. Why do you like that particular fig so much, Ben? Uh, well, I'll tell you. It's uh, cold hardy to about 5 degrees, and uh, it grows to about 15, 25 feet tall right. and wide. Uh, has a greenish-yellow hybrid fig. is especially sweet, and in the south it ripens first crop in May, and the latter crop October and November. Yeah. Uh, so now you've made me want to go to find the pike where it's being sold and buy one for myself. If I could think of a sunny place in my yard, Sorry? I might have a Pete's honey fig in my yard. You've whetted my appetite a little bit, Ben. Well, I'll tell you, it makes fantastic fig preserves. Where have you had it before? I've never had it. I, I've been trying to get it. Believe it. You believe it would make fantastic fig preserves. Uh, so, what do you have a question about the fig getting on to the? To yeah, the... I just want to let you know that uh, the buyer of the trees and shrubs right. is ordering 25, 24 five-gallon buckets from Monrovia. It'll be about ten days before they get here, and then he will allocate the. Uh, to the various Pikes nurseries. Well, that is great news. I've I mean, that's great service, man. That's fabulous service for Pike to be able to, to order based on what you need. And you persuade them, of course, of the benefits of the Pete's honey fig. And so, like I said, I may be very tempted now to find out which Pike near me is going to have these figs. If he's only got 22, because you've got two and 24 total, then they'll be around, maybe one or two for the for the. Pike locations near me So I am going to look around for Pete's Honey Fig And those of you who are listening right now If you want something to try for a fig Look it up I don't know anything about it particularly Other than what Ben has just said But you can uh, go to local Pike nurseries And find out if that is one that would fit in your landscape It sounds like fun Ben, thanks so much for bringing that to my attention Again, if I can find a sunny place in my yard It might well be the location of a new Pete's Honey Fig Chuck is in social circle Chuck, join us on Lawn and Garden Hey man, how are you? Hey, real good Congratulations on a great show Well, thank you And a great producer How can uh, Oh, I got the best producer in the whole wide world Ashley Frasca sitting there with her fingers in her ears uh, <laughs> Yeah uh, Question I have is on Bermuda grass Sure I have uh, an occasion where I'm having to reseed the lawn, and the question I have is, do you mix Bermuda with other grasses and blend it, or do you just use straight Bermuda? It sort of depends on what the other grasses are. What else is in there now? Well, I have Bermuda in there now. Okay. And if I'm putting new seed out, I'm going to put seed and sand out yeah. together. Yeah. And I do have I do have the Bermuda seed already. Okay. Do I get other seed to go with it, or I just use straight Bermuda? Use straight Bermuda. Use what you have. Do you, does it have a name? Sahara, Yukon, Princess, or one of those names? Oh, it's 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 one of the it's one of the good one okay. of the good uh, uh, seeds from Scotts. What I think will happen, 
Chuck, is that over the next three, maybe four years, there will be initially some patches of the strong existing Bermuda grass. It'll be pretty noticeable, not terribly noticeable. When you're out there mowing, you'll say, oh, this is the old Bermuda patch here. This is a new seed I planted in 2017. But over the next three or four years, the two of them will blend in. I think that the new seed, the old seed, will sort of merge and merge with each other. And so it'll be within a couple, three years, almost impossible to tell where you seeded and where you had the old stuff there. So now's the time to plant Bermuda, as long as you have a nice, good seed-to-soil contact and keep it moist for a couple of weeks to germinate. You should be fine. Exactly. And I've prepared it already. I've aerated the lawn. Put in milorganite, and I've also put in lime. So. All right, you demand. You got it under control. I think they should, again, it'll take a couple of years before they really start looking the same all over the lawn. But Chuck, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll look nice and have a pretty Bermuda lawn without having to tear it all up at one time. Right now, it's six nineteen. We'll be back to more lawn and garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News ninety five five at AM seven fifty WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. The choir leader shrieked agreement with her well-trained lungs. Her polyester pencil had just spoke to her in tongues. Another family member added to the mass distress. His red-winged boots just declared they longed to be a dress. <laughs> We're celebrating, of course, uh, World Naked Gardening Day. I believe that is uh, 50 naked Pentecostals or something like that. We'll have some more of that later on this morning. Uh, the full weekend forecast comes in 10 minutes right now. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, it's going to be partly cloudy today. Highs lower than yesterday. Highs in the early low 70s overnight in the 40s. Tomorrow about the same. And a chance of rain 20 to 30% maybe. So don't think it's going to rain particularly much on you. But it's going to be cooler for the next couple of days than it has been in the last few 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes. we got Peggy on the line. Hey, Peggy, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm great. Peggy, how can I help? Um, I have a patch of garlic, which I've grown before, but this year the leaves are kind of a pale green. They've got streaks of yellow in them. It's not mm. the I'm getting ready to pick it yeah. yellow color. Um trying to see what I can do to kind of recover them so that I could get good garlic heads from it. And so it's uniformly yellow all over the leaf, not just bands or stripes? No, it's like bands or streaks. And huh. the green that's there is sort of a pale green, not that kind of energized-looking green that it should be. Go look at, take a leaf, clip it off, and take it inside, look at it under the lights inside. Maybe it's better outside with the sunshine. You may be able to see more there. But nonetheless, there are garlic borers, for lack of a better word, a lot of worms that get into the leaves of garlic. Sometimes they can be a problem and cause yellow stripes. If you haven't fertilized, that's always something to think about when things are yellow uniformly. And that's one thing I would just consider doing, just something fast-acting like miracle Grow might help. But... Um, that's all I can think of off the hand right now. Garlic is generally tough, generally doesn't get a lot of diseases unless it's in a real wet situation, doesn't like being wet. So check for wetness, check for borers in the leaves, check for uh, nutrition problems, correct those, and hopefully we'll have garlic and all the Italian food you need in the middle of the summer. Thanks for calling, Laura. 
or Peggy, I mean, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 636 at News Talk WSB. 45 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape by whatever means necessary. If you have a phone call question, 404-872-0750. Or if you have a Twitter account, you can send a Twitter message. Just put the hashtag AskWalter at the, at your, uh, on your question put ask walter in the question and ashley frasco will look through my twitter account and find some questions and we'll read them off the air read them on the air and i will answer them on there as well again 404-872-0750 looking forward this morning to ashton ritchie from the scotts company coming in he and i both get a real kick out of celebrating world naked gardening day and i'll be uh, joining him with his festivities and pointing you to some pictures that you may want to wait before you share it with the younger people in your family. But we'll see about that a little bit later on in the show. Sharon's out in Marietta and John's on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sharon, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Um, I have a beautiful <clears throat> weeping cherry tree. Yeah. Um, it is about 28 years old. And last year uh, it has three trunks. Huh. And <clears throat> last year we lost one of the trunks. It appears that over the winter we've lost a second trunk. Mm. And we're going to have to take that down. And I thought before I call an arborist, I should talk to you about whether you think that third trunk might be salvageable. Uh, so let me ask this. <laughs> is this one of the grafted weeping cherries where it only gets about as high as your head and weeps off of that? Or is it one of the normal weeping cherries that gets 20 or 30 feet tall? It was a three-trunked model. Um, it is 20 to 30 feet tall. Okay. I haven't lived in the house the whole time, so I'm not sure what it is, yeah, it's which the, one it the, is. The normal weeping chariot, we'd call it just the one that's a species that's more weeping than others, and that's Higgin, I think, is the, is the name of it. So the Higgin weeping cherry. Um, how, how far out of plum is that limb that you have left? How far does it lean outward? A lot. <clears throat> it's not like it's dying down or something. Yeah. It's the same uh, angle that it has been the last yeah. two or three years. <clears throat> but um, what kind of anchoring? That's the thing I think about is it gets 20, 30 feet tall and it's leaning pretty severely. Then the anchoring is something to worry about because all the yeah. weight is on the, you know, is on the trunk there. If, if I, you, you don't have a doghouse or something underneath that's valuable, would it be okay just to wait <laughs> and see what happens and keep an eye on the, the roots? It would be. It's a little bit unsightly right now because the second um, trunk is dead and it's still there yeah. and it's very high. Yeah. <clears throat> but, no, there's nothing. It's on a berm. I will let you make your own decision, Sharon, but there's a part of me that says, let's just wait and see what happens. Look on the far side, the way, the side away from where the lean is, to make yeah. sure that you're aware of what the root system looks like. And if you ever see it sort of rise up after a storm or a windstorm or something like that, then you think, mm -hmm. uh-uh, it's about to shake itself out of the ground, and yeah. we need to call the tree person to come take it down. 
But if it's okay. if it's strongly anchored, then even a thirty to forty degree lean that's a big lean. But even a thirty or forty degree lean, it could probably hold itself up as long as it has the roots to anchor it down. Okay, thank you. I hadn't thought of that. You can't um, straighten it if you ever think, oh, I'll straighten it up by pulling a cable or something, pulling it up straight. No, well, that, that was doesn't my next work. Question, yes. No, can't do that. Can't do it. When they're that mm. big, they just don't straighten up. End of story. Okay. Okay. Very helpful. Thank you ever so much. All right. And make your own decision. Thank you so much for your show. Oh, thank you, Sharon. That's nice of you to say. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. We'll see you soon. 404. Speaking of seeing soon, I saw some great gardeners this past week. Saw one group up in Big Canoe up in North Georgia near uh, Jasper, I guess, and had a rollicking time with them, talking about gardening, showing some pictures of bad things that have happened to good gardeners. I have a whole bunch of weird pictures that I've seen over the years that I've collected together and talked to the Big Canoe Garden Club, the wild, what do they call the wildflower bunch up there? <laughs> Crazy people. So I had a good group with them. Then uh, yesterday I went down to Macon to the Hay House. They have a big garden tour this weekend in uh, Macon, the Hay House Garden Stroll, I believe it's called. Beautiful garden tour and then events and speakers and things at the Hay House. I was one of them yesterday, and that's a nice place to go as well. So if you're south of Atlanta, check out Hay House in Macon. If you're north of Atlanta, just check out Big Canoe and Environs. It was really pretty to drive around up there before I got into the Big Canoe's area to do my speech. David in Decatur joins us with a question about the squash vine borer. Hey, David, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what you got, David? Uh, for the last two years, I've, I've had my little, little pretty garden, and the bugs have just, they eat up the squash. We yeah. don't get any. There's two bugs that eat squash commonly. One, the squash vine borer gets into the stem and makes it wilt, and then squash bugs get all over the leaves and chew them up and make them wilt. So which one do you have? I, I have some little bugs that actually bore into the squash, into the, the fruit itself. Oh, we got wild, the, We got the uh, squash the, uh, fruit borer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and little bubbles are coming out. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. You perfectly described it. They bore little holes into the squash. Usually it's up towards the stem end, mostly. And then bubbles was the squash respires. It's the squash fruit that's doing the breathing, not the bugs inside, by the way, but as the squash fruit um, respires inside, it sends up little bubbles of its own juice that come out of the holes, bubble, 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 like that. Yep, that's it. Yeah. This is a tough one to do anyway organically, but I can tell you how to do it inorganically and maybe get some relief. And But it's one that I want you to be very careful in doing because it has the potential to kill the honeybees that are doing the pollination that gives you the squash in the first place. So you, again, have to be really careful with this. Okay. Get any of the garden insecticides, but do not anticipate spraying, because I'm not going to let you spray that close to the flowers. The flowers are right there next to the fruit. Flowers for your new fruits that's going to come on in the next week or so. So you do not want to get any insecticide close to or in the flowers. But you take uh, any garden insecticide, mix it up in a little bucket, and use a foam paintbrush and paint the new fruit. When you see that little tiny fruit, when it's just starting, paint that with the um, garden insecticide, the one that's labeled for use on vegetables. And that will, generally speaking, kill the borer before it gets into the fruit, which is what you want. And the label will tell you how long you have to wait after you do that before you can consume the fruit. But if you do it when it's little, You've easily got five or six days before it's big enough to, to harvest, and that's, I think, what the label says, wait four or five days until harvest. Okay, okay, I'll try that. I, 
I, I wanted some squash, so I grew the plants and went to the store and bought squash. Yeah. <laughs> we, want, we want to grow your own squash. Oh, your own squash, David, is much more satisfying, and if you can keep the borer away from it. And one more, quoting my mother many, many times, I've said before, my mother would say, just cut into that squash and see where that borer is. If it's not down through the middle of it, cut out the bad part. Eat the rest of it. Nothing wrong with that. I'll try that so next you can try that too, David. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks for calling. We got 6.43 on a Saturday morning. Jeff is in Griffin, Georgia, down in Spalding County. Hey, Jeff. Good morning. Good morning, sir. What can I help Listen, you? I've, I've got a, uh, had four boxwoods out here in front of my uh, uh, front porch. Yeah. They're about head high. They've been there maybe 25 years, mm-hmm. and I've trimmed them along the way. But I got a little uh, <clears throat> jealous with a Zawsaw and cut those things down <laughs> to maybe a Left a, about a foot uh, tall stump right. on all four of them. And that was last fall. I've looked out there. I've seen no sign of green oh, man. Uh, sprouting from those things. Have you How scratched, long should I wait? Have you scratched the stem at all to see if there's anything green under the stems? No, sir, I have not. That'll be your next definitive answer to your question. If it's going to sprout, it's got to have some green underneath your thumbnail when you scratch the bark right now. If it's brown underneath there, well, I'm sure there's a nursery there in Griffin that wants to sell you some boxwoods. Yeah, okay, let me ask something else if you don't mind. Um, if those things are dead, they're in there. They're, they're I mean, impacted in the ground. They're, <laughs> yeah. uh, how do, uh, anything other than a pickaxe to take those things out? Mm, my father would say logger chain in a pickup truck. Yeah. <laughs> you wrap the chain around it and get your little boy to say, Daddy, I'm ready. And he jerks the pickup truck in forward and pulls it out, whether it's privet hedge, uh-huh. boxwood, Burf- Burford holly. You got it. Daddy could pull things out with a chain in the truck. So All right. that's the way to How do about, it. What time of year would be best to plant those things? Best is October. Okay. And, but if you don't want to look at a bare front porch, you, know, you might can plant some small ones and be attentive to watering and you could be you could be successful in planting them right now. Okay, I sure appreciate it. Let me tell you another story though, Jeff. Okay. If you go out and scratch the stems and you say, "Man, they're still green underneath my scratch here." Take to heart what happened up at Barnsley Gardens, which is a nice uh, natural resort kind of place up near Adairsville here in Georgia. And Barnsley Gardens when it was first being restored had a what they knew to be at one time a big boxwood parterre, a thing that had boxwoods all over the place that had been grown over by kudzu. I mean, you couldn't see the boxwoods inside the kudzu, so they just took machetes and hatchets and went out there and just hacked back the, the kudzu and revealed the boxwoods, which are real sorry looking, as you can imagine, having been covered in vine for 15 or 20 years. And so right. they did the same thing to the boxwoods. All these boxwoods that had been four and five feet tall, they cut them down to about 12 inches and waited. They came back, which is very unusual when boxwoods get severely pruned. They don't have a lot of life left in them. But you might have 20-year-old boxwoods. They've got a good root system on them, and it's possible that yours will come back if you find a little green underneath your thumbnail when you scratch. So, All right. I'll remain optimistic. You'll remain Thank optimistic. You, Fingers crossed. Prayerful <laughs> in church. Yes, sir. That's what I'm doing. Appreciate it. You bet, Jeff. Thanks for calling. We got Who we got next? Michael McDonough, Georgia, down in Henry County. Michael, good morning. Good morning. Come on. Good morning. What we got? Hey, bud. How you doing? All right. What's going on? 
Uh, well, a couple years ago, I grew some apple trees with the intent of them growing some apples and me getting some apple jelly out of them. Good. But they flowered last year, but they didn't get no apples on them. I was wondering if you can tell me about how long it usually takes to get apples on my apple tree. Usually within the first three or four years, you'll get some apples, but then, you know, as they get older, more and more and more come on. So tell me again how long yours have been in the ground. Three years, exactly. Eh, don't be too worried about it. There, Eventually, if it's a healthy tree, lots of leaves, you fertilize it once in a while to get some leaves to push out on it. If it has blooms in the spring and the blooms will get rained on and knocked off the tree, and if it has pollen from a adjoining variety of apple, then you got some apples. Then you got some apples. But three years, it's still early to be thinking of full heavy crop. Yeah. It, is there anything I could do to speed up the process, maybe, or just let just regular regular fertilization? Um, fertilize it twice a year would be okay with me, Michael. Uh, one time now, now would be a great time if you haven't fertilized before, and you can use uh, 10, 10, 10, just to, what would be about 10, a, 10, 10. Yeah, about a pint, a little bit. A little less than half a pint scattered, or, or a little less than a pint, I should say, scattered out beyond where the branches spread, so about a pint right now. And do it again in July would be okay then. In July, the main thing, though, is to water that fertilizer in and keep watering for another couple of weeks so the soil is moist, the roots are not burned by the fertilizer, and they can take it up. And more leaves, as I say, more leaves lead to more blooms. More blooms lead to more fruit. More fruit leads to Michael having a smile on his face. So that's what you do. Fertilize now, again in July, and we'll see what happens next year. It's 649 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And it's 6.55 with the bare naked ladies plague behind us. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, today's going to be cooler than yesterday. 70s today, low 70s pretty much. And then in the 40s tonight, it's right now 46 degrees, about the same tomorrow. It's going to be in the 70s and 46 degrees outside, but it's going to be sunny most of the day anyway. You'll have some suns and cloud mixture today, not much chance of rain either way. But your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. A little chilly for doing your naked gardening today on World Naked Gardening Day. But fortunately, Ash and Richie and I are inside so we can turn the thermostat up and celebrate here in the studio as we wish. Margaret is in Gainesville, Georgia and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Margaret. Hi, how are you doing today? Doing great. How can I help, Margaret? Well, um, we just got a little place up on the lake. Um, and we are getting married June 10th. Wow, congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, we haven't had much time to do anything with the landscape, and it was a, a rental, so there's not much there. Okay. But um, what I want to do is kind of cluster some um, plants around where the ceremony is and then plant them later. Yeah. Um, so I want something with color um, that will live. Ooh, in June, I would think hydrangeas would be in full bloom in the nurseries, so you could buy some of those and get hydrangeas behind you, blue, pink, red whatever color is the theme of the wedding. Um, and going just to a nursery and looking and seeing what is in bloom right now. Maybe some gardenias might be there to make things smell good. It would be bloom, blooming in June. 
Um, I'm sure there's annual color and little pots that you can stick in corners and you could use those. So you got all sorts of options to do. Okay. Well, great, because we already have actually the one thing that is there is a bunch of hydrangeas. So okay, good, good, good. And you, if you want to go around to um, junk shops and places to find old junky vases and uh, boxes, containers and things you can set the flowers onto, you know, a lot of times the photographer is only going to be taking from the waist up in some shots anyway. And so you can put the containers and the flowering things on the junky things you get from the junk shop and it'll look nice either far back or close up either way. The plants will still look nice around you. That's a great idea. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great wedding. It'll be so much fun, Margaret. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have we'll a great day. 404-872-0750. The number on Lawn and Garden. Back, the, back after news with Ashton Ritchie. Just your attitude, gardening in the news.